0: Hey, this is Dave Moore from Pueblo's Podcast. Just a quick programming note saying thank you to the folks in Pueblo, Pueblo West, Denver, and Dublin, Ireland for listening to Pueblo's Podcast. I really appreciate it. This is a special edition of Pueblo's Podcast. I'm Dave Moore. We're doing a series of special editions for the podcast because of the coronavirus outbreak. On the phone with me today is Sarah Joseph, the Public Information Officer from the Pueblo Department of Health and Environment. Hi, Sarah.
1: Hello, Dave.
0: How are you? I know you've been busy the last month or two.
1: Yes, Dave. It's been a new world for public health. Uh, This is something we've planned for. I've been in public health for 21 years. We had hoped it would never happen.
0: Right. And before this, I mean, you know, flu was a serious thing, and we were taught to wash our hands and and not to be around people who had the flu, but we didn't think something like this was going to come, I guess.
1: Yeah, we're always impressed with medical technology, being able to provide medications as well as vaccines. Every year we have a vaccine for influenza, and it's able to protect us many people and lessen the symptoms that they experience or protect them altogether from influenza. Unfortunately, with COVID-19, there is no vaccination and we're still trying to identify medications that will lessen its symptoms.
0: Right. Now, how has your role changed prior to the outbreak and and today?
1: Well, I currently am doing 99.5% COVID response. Public health prior to this current pandemic was very much a planning role. We would look at data in the community and plan how we can improve the community's health by looking at the data. Now we're doing daily response, trying to give people information on what they need to know at the right time to save their lives and stay healthy. And what's unfortunate is currently in public, there's not a lot of tests, so we're unable to find out that data of how many cases we have and where the cases are to make those planned decisions public health used to do.
0: Sure, that seems to be kind of a a moving number, doesn't it? Because we're not, because of the low amount of tests, we can't find out really how many people are infected.
1: That's right. We're um, expecting our public health director Randy Evitz thinks it's about 10 times what the testing is showing. So we think it's larger than what we're actually being tested, wow, and getting the results
0: and and do you think that is the case for like El Paso County and Douglas County and other counties in Colorado?
1: Yes, I would say Colorado as a whole, um, we are not knowing exactly how many cases we actually have, and also Dave, we're seeing that some people their symptoms are not high enough or worse enough. Um, that they're actually going to get tested. Hmm. So that also doesn't give us the true picture of our community or the state.
0: And I guess some of those people who are asymptomatic can pass the the virus on to someone else, even though they're not showing any symptoms.
1: That's right. That's why we encourage everybody to wear a mask. Because you don't know who's standing next to you, if they're asymptomatic and they can give you the virus, or maybe they have symptoms and they're out about and they can give you the virus. Mm -hmm. So we encourage wearing a mask, staying six feet or more apart from others, as well as washing hands and disinfecting.
0: Sure. Have Puebloans been as responsive as as necessary to this situation?
1: We're seeing quite a few people following the governor's request of staying at home, but then we also hear reports of people who are not staying at home. Um, We're seeing people wearing masks, uh, but we also hear reports where people are not wearing masks. So I don't know the exact percentage of people in Pueblo who are following, but we're asking everybody to do their part and help reduce the spread of this illness.
0: Sure. And for our healthcare workers in Pueblo, because it seems like the numbers are underreported, are they well enough equipped in case there is a, a spike?
1: We're learning how that is. Currently, our hospitals are able to take additional load, and that's because the Traditional surgeries people would go get are not occurring. So there is more room in the hospitals and they have not met their max Level, but we won't know really until hindsight how much we were prepared And if we had all the equipment that was necessary at the time.
0: Sure And earlier you had mentioned some of the medications that are rolling out in small test areas across the country is there one or more than one that you think might be the one that, that helps, or is it something maybe we haven't come across yet?
1: I haven't been able to see the data of studies that have been occurring, so I don't actually know what is helping, what's proving to be shown, and what maybe the Food Food and Drug Administration is looking to approve. I'm very hopeful they will find something um, sooner than later.
0: Okay. Is there any any advice that you can give Puebloans now that we're watching the news, we're watching the governor, we're watching uh, national news? Is there any advice that you can give Puebloans that would help this situation in this area?
1: At Public Health, we all want to return to normalcy, and that could be a new normalcy. And we know the more we stay at home, we don't go out We stay more than six feet away from others. So this virus can't find a home in a new person. Mm -hmm. Then we'll reduce the spread in our community as well as in our state. And that's our goal is to reduce the spread so we have fewer cases. And then we can all return back to a normalcy in our community. We can gather at social functions again. We can go out to eat again, sit by other people in tables again. We can go out and shop we can enjoy all the activities that we we used to do without thinking about it. Right. And in order to get back to that, we really need to do our part to make it very difficult for this virus to go from one human being to another human being.
0: Sure. And I know... The scientific community is on top of this a hundred percent, and but it, it's it's just going to take a while. When you you know you mentioned that um, we have a, a different vaccine for different types of, of flu over the years, but this is this is something brand new to the community of, of scientists, isn't it?
1: That's right. This has been described as a novel virus. It's something that. The scientific community and the health community has not seen before and so therefore we're still learning its symptoms and we have an idea of what's shown in the symptoms but even here in Pueblo when we're doing our case investigations of those who have and been have confirmed positive we're getting an array of of symptoms of how it affects people differently mm-hmm. but there are some common symptoms which are the fever, the cough, and difficulty breathing. But other than that, we're seeing some people have headaches, some people it's worse at night, some people have body chills, and because it's this novel virus, we are having to study it, where we're learning about it, and then we can tell people what to expect, but we're still in that learning phase, and then part of that learning is what's going to fight it, which we already discussed learning what vaccine will work as well as what medications.
0: And that that's probably a ways down the road, isn't it, when, before we find that magic bullet?
1: Vaccines can take two years minimum. I believe uh, worldwide they're looking to expedite that to find something and then in the U.S. to find something that they can approve. But traditionally it will take uh, at least two years.
0: Wow. And hopefully we won't be... staying at home for two years, right?
1: (laughs) Correct. That's why it's so important right now to be able to prevent this from spreading and then we'll monitor it and see how we can um, hopefully prevent it from coming back around again if there's another wave or um, like flu has a season every year. We know when it's going to come. Every year when we would know if COVID was going to come, then we know what prevention to take to reduce the spread.
0: Is it hard to tell if this is going to be a cyclical type uh, virus?
1: Yes, because as it's it's new with that novel part of it, we're it's all going to be hindsight.
0: Hmm. Wow. That's that's a, that's a tough way to to learn about something this this devastating, isn't it?
1: Very much so, and and, and it's tough for public health knowing we do so much by looking at data, looking at the way things present themselves, and then we we make a decision and move forward. And here we're having to decide with very little data, very little experience, and give the best recommendations for the day.
0: Sure. And you had mentioned earlier that um, we didn't have a lot of testing. Is that Uh, because we don't have the test kits, or is there a reason for that in particular?
1: Test kits are low in the state and also in Pueblo. Okay. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Currently, the tests that have been sent to Pueblo, we're prioritizing for our health care workers and our first responders. And then it's also available if, Those who are sick enough and get hospitalized, they will be tested in the hospital. So many people are out there who have symptoms and they want to get tested and we cannot find tests and get them to our community to give to the physicians or to have additional testing sites to provide to our community and it's such an unfortunate situation so we really don't know how many people out there have it because even if they have the symptoms we're unable to provide testing
0: wow that and that that t- uh, ties the hands of the health department and and healthcare workers doesn't it
1: yes it, and our community leaders as we're trying to make decisions as we move forward we don't have the testing so we don't have the data to look at for the health of our community
0: right so the $64,000 question is, is there a realistic date out there somewhere where you think we'll be back to normal? Or is that, will that depend on the next few weeks and, and month or so before we can really put
1: a target on that? We're hoping by May we'll have some sort of an outlook or stabilization on our numbers, maybe not even stabilized, but more testing. So we'll have more accuracy on how far spread this is and how many cases we are having in Pueblo, as well as we've heard a lot of talk about this curve and lowering the curve. Mm -hmm. So our curve has not leveled out and started reducing. So when we actually are seeing a reduction and that's carrying on for days or weeks, then we can be able to start advising how, how and, to answer your question, when we'll be able to move forward.
0: Right. And this, the surprising thing I've learned today is that we may be at 10 times the amount of infection that we've discovered so far in Pueblo.
1: Correct, and, and that is due to some people have symptoms but they're not really symptomatic, they're not super sick, so they're, they're still out and about and they're not getting tested. And then some people have symptoms and they're pretty sick and they're quarantining themselves at home, but there's nowhere to get a test because we're so low on tests. And the people we are learning about that have it are the ones who are ill enough that they're actually hospitalized. And that's what we're seeing is I describe it as the tip of the iceberg in the hospital, and those that are able to get the test if they're first responders or healthcare workers. So that's really just the tip of the iceberg, and there's probably 10 times that, which represents the bottom of the iceberg underwater, wow. and that's really the cases in our community. Wow.
0: That is that is uh, shocking, actually, and and scary, too.
1: It is, and um, as Public Health Director Randy Everett says you really should think of it as anybody next to you, you see out in the community could have it. So you need to take the precautions anywhere you go to protect yourself, wearing a mask, make sure if you don't have gloves on to wash your hands, Mm -hmm. Um, use sanitizer and clean services that are touched often by disinfecting them.
0: Sure. And I guess the germs or the virus rather can live on, cardboard boxes and plastic sacks for some time so mm-hmm. what do we yeah, what do can, we do with those that arrive it can on our be on porch many or?
1: surfaces so um Dave I uh I'm a tree hugger at heart so mm-hmm. I like to take my shopping <laughs> bags and reuse them sure um but I can't right now because I'm not wiping them down every time so I'm using the bags that the stores provide me and I bring them home and I try to find ways that I can reuse them within my home but Mm -hmm. I'm unable to reduce that and, and do that green action that I like to do because I want to make sure that I'm not bringing home something or sharing maybe something from my home with other people by taking the virus around. So people do need to know, yes, the virus can live on many surfaces, and depending on the surface and the temperature and the humidity, it can live for varying hours to days. So it's very important that we do the sanitizing or disinfecting of different areas and wipe them down with alcohol or Clorox solution. Sure.
0: And we're not sure if the weather gets warm to hot and dry, whether that will help or not, right?
1: There's definitely been talk about that, and that's another situation because it's a novel virus. When um, we have hindsight, we'll know more about that.
0: So let's say someone is feeling ill. They're having difficulty breathing. They've got a 101-degree fever and a cough. What should be the first thing that they do if they're experiencing those symptoms?
1: The first thing they should do if they're having the symptoms of COVID-19 is isolate yourself. When you have the symptoms, that means you need to isolate. Then you should contact your primary care physician and let them know what your symptoms are and they can advise you. If we're on a very great day, maybe they'll have testing in their office where they can help you out, Mm -hmm. where they can help you to monitor your symptoms. See if Any recommendations if you have any underlying health conditions, if you have asthma or if you have a heart disease of some sort and help you through that. Um, And then if it gets really bad, you you should call 911 and look to possibly going to the emergency room if it gets bad. But first, work with your physician. And if you live with anyone else when you're isolating, you want to be isolated in one room. And use a bathroom, and hopefully you're able to use a bathroom separate of everybody else. And somebody can bring you food and bring you drinks if you need them, when you need them. Mm -hmm. But they should be covered with a mask and wear gloves, and they should wipe down everything when they leave so they're not getting the virus. And now those people, because you have the symptoms, they need to quarantine, and they need to stay away from you but stay home and not leave for about 14 days. We're seeing 14 days is the time it takes to build the virus in a body and it would show itself. Okay. So, in those 14 days, they would begin to monitor do they have a temperature? Do they have the cough? Is it hard for them to breathe? Difficult to breathe? If it is, then they need to contact their doctor and let them know they're experiencing the symptoms.
0: Okay. Well, I guess just stay home, wash your hands often, um, disinfect, all of those things are, are all keys to bringing that curve to a, to a flat area.
1: Exactly. It's very important. Um, and when we do do testing, well, people have been asking, um, should I be tested if I think I was exposed? And unfortunately, we're currently only testing those that have the symptoms. If we did a test on somebody that maybe was near somebody, there's not enough virus in their body that it would show in the test to show that you have COVID. So we really need to wait until you actually are showing symptoms because then it would tell us if those symptoms are COVID or they're not.
0: Okay. Sarah, is there anything else that uh, we haven't talked about that you would like to mention?
1: That we're all in this together. Uh, it's a new normal. Uh, I know we're getting very used to here when we, when we report into the emergency operations center where we wear masks. And when we take our masks off to eat, it feels strange because Seriously. we're so used to having our masks on now. So we're all in this together and we're all working to do our part. And the more we're able to do our part, the quicker we will be through with this and we can return back to enjoying our times together well, that, and doing what we want without restrictions.
0: That's what we're all looking forward to. Well, thank you for for taking some time and talking with me today. I really appreciate it. Maybe we can touch base in about a month and, and see where we are then. But I certainly appreciate the, the work you've done at the uh, Pueblo Department of Health and Environment and all of your coworkers and also uh, we probably should mention the first responders and the healthcare folks, the nurses and doctors, and people who work in the hospitals and and the grocery stores, who kind of are all all on the front line together.
1: That's right. Everybody, everybody's giving their their best work while they can, and I want to let everybody know if they need additional information on the internet. They can go to puebloemergency.info, that's puebloemergency.info, and you can also get a lot of information on the health department's social media, which is Pueblo Health, that is where they can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and there's also a call center 583-4444, that's the COVID hotline, where you can get answers about the situation. Or if you have questions about COVID in general.
0: Ah, great. Uh, All very helpful. Thank you very much. Sarah Joseph, Public Information Officer, Pueblo Department of Health and Environment. Uh, I've known you for several years. You do a great job, and I appreciate the time you've taken today.
1: Thank you, Dave. Thanks for what you're doing, too.
0: Absolutely. That's a special edition of Pueblo's podcast. I'm Dave Moore. Be proud and be safe, Pueblo. Hi there, Carly Moore here. Thanks so much for listening to Pueblo's podcast, special edition coronavirus in our community. Next time, we're talking to Paws for Life, an animal shelter in town, about how their role has changed during this pandemic and how you can get help if you need to feed your pets during these tough times. As always, if you want to listen on the go, Pueblo's Podcast is available on your favorite app, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, as well as online at
1: pueblospodcast.wordpress.com. Thanks so much for listening.